0: Welcome to WMRE's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at WMRE. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. David, how are you today? I am doing well. We are headed towards the Memorial Day weekend and when we're recording this, I think this will be live shortly after that weekend. So hopefully it will have been a nice weekend for all of us. Yeah, a little bit of relaxation, three-day weekend. That's kind of nice. I know you've got another guest on the show, and that's Abby McCarthy. Why'd you bring Abby on the show today? So Abby is um, the Senior Vice President of Investment Affairs with Nay ReIT and she does a lot of work. I think her work focuses on the financial advisor marketplace. So I was particularly interested to have a conversation um, about that. So Abby, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, David and Eric, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And for, for the audience who may not be aware, can you just you know give a quick overview of Nareed and what exactly your work entails?
1: Sure. So Nareed is the trade association for the reed industry. I am on the re- research and investor outreach team, which our responsibility is to develop research for the investment marketplace. In my particular role, I actually develop and promote different educational resources for the financial advisor market.
0: Great. So and I think one of the things I was looking at was this quick facts that you sent over that talked about like the alloc- allocations talked about just some kind of the big picture piece here, which is why financial advisors should be interested and how they already are interested. I was, I'd be kind of curious if you've seen what you, what you sort of see in terms of the current allocations and, and whether that's been changing at all.
1: Sure. So we actually worked with Chatham Partners this year to develop a pretty extensive market research project to understand REIT usage amongst financial advisors. And we actually recently have received the results of that. And we're we're definitely pleasantly surprised that over 83% of financial professionals, which are advisors that are from RIAs and Mm -hmm. from the broker-dealer channels are actually recommending REITs. A lot of the what they cite as the primary reasons for recommending REITs are the portfolio diversification that REITs provide to diversified portfolios. Additionally, advisors def, uh, definitely appreciate that REITs are a low-cost, effective, and liquid means of investing in the real estate asset class. So we were pleasantly surprised to see that there was very high usage of REITs among financial advisors. One of the one of the important questions that was asked in the study was, how do how given the current turmoil from the pandemic, uh, do financial advisors view their allocations to REITs in terms of making any adjustments or changing changes to their clients' portfolios? And what the advisors actually told us that over the past one to three years, eighty two percent of them actually have intended to increase or maintain their allocation. And now even looking forward, given kind of the year and a half that we've gone through with the pandemic, 92% of those advisors are actually looking to maintain or increase their allocations going forward. And I think what we really have, have gleaned from this research is that REITs really have a place that is well-defined, I think, within a, within a Diversified portfolio, and advisors have taken note to that. So, we are, we were pleasantly surprised by the results.
0: Yeah, that is interesting, given that you would, if you're maybe a step removed from commercial real estate, you could see the year we had and all the uncertainty about at different times. Like I know hotels are collapsing, and retail is in terrible shape during the the the, the depths of the pandemic, or even now with some of the discourse around just the uncertainty about how what's going to happen with offices and the return to office and what that's going to look like. Given all of that, that there's still this very high intention for advisors to point their clients to REITs. I think that's a pretty interesting insight.
1: And I think some of that has to do too with that the REIT industry itself is a very diverse group of companies in that it represents so many different sectors that house the economy. When we see certain sectors, as you've mentioned, you know, obviously in the pandemic, there was some stress in the retail and lodging and office space. There are other sectors of the REIT industry that have actually really been able to take advantage of the pandemic. And I think I would specifically like to call out the industrial logistics Mm -hmm data center and the cellular tower weeks really actually saw quite a bit of gain because of the way that the economy reacted to the pandemic, put their actual real estate in quite high demand. So the industry as a whole, while there can be some different secular trends or effects on certain sectors has done quite well. And I think that overall, the long-term performance of the overall industry really bears that out.
0: And were there also, I think, is it fair to say as well that I think one of the things that this past period of stress has shown is that the REIT financial structure is very sound because we didn't really see over the past year and a half major concern. I mean, a couple of small examples of, I think, companies that had to do some restructuring that were that some of that stuff that I think was predating the pandemic. But by and large, REITs were like well capitalized. They had access to good access to debt. Their balance sheet stayed in shape throughout this whole period. I think it it sort of seemed like from my perspective, like that this showed that the REIT management teams had done a really good job having everything set up to weather the kind of period that we had, even though no one could have really foreseen what we went through. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: That is absolutely fair to say. And after the industry, I think, went through and survived the great financial crisis, it was a real lesson to a lot of companies that are in the hard asset business, real estate being one of those, that they took on quite a bit less leverage and really assured mm-hmm. up their balance sheets to put them in very strong financial positions going forward. And we have seen that through this crisis. I think REITs, the REIT management teams have done a stellar job of making sure that their balance sheets were in good shape so they could kind of weather the storm and they have.
0: So in talking to financial advisors, what are are there big misconceptions or big questions that you run into a lot that, that you find yourself answering?
1: So yes the biggest misconception that is out there right now which we address actually in the REIT quick facts guide is that because so uh, the most equities have become so highly correlated over the over the past several years, Mm -hmm. that there's very little room for diversification benefit. And so people actually automatically assume that REITs are highly correlated with other equities. Mm. And we actually did a 20 year analysis of correlation with the total stock market to the REIT industry. And while the correlation to other equities, whether it be large cap, large cap value, mid cap, technology companies, international equities, et cetera, the correlation to REITs was relatively low and is actually more in the 0.65 range, while those other equity investments are really closer to 1%. So that actually reinforces that diversification benefit that REITs offer to portfolios that I think financial advisors have seen the data and we're hoping to produce a little bit more in the way of charts and graphs so that we can really highlight this low correlation for advisors and dispel that myth.
0: So that's interesting. So even though it is, even though you're buying stock, it's the, the, it has not been as highly correlated as some of these other buckets of stocks with the broader market.
1: Absolutely. And I think when advisors are really looking for different investments within their equity portfolios to kind of provide some diversification opportunities, real estate through REITs is really where they can find that.
0: And when advisors are like considering REITs, do you have a sense of what their clients are asking for? Are they just asking for exposure? We like we just want some exposure to real estate. Are they looking for particularly kind? Are they often asking for a particular property type? What is driving? What is from the people they're advising? Do you do you have a sense what's driving their interest in getting into real estate and into REITs?
1: So what we found through the study that we did with Chatham is what's really driving the decision to get into REITs is that diversification opportunity. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, depending on a client's life stage, it can also um, be largely driven by the dividend yield that, that REITs offer. Because especially as one gets into or close to or into retirement, the income opportunities that REITs provide, given that they pay out 90% of their income in the form of dividends, can be a real benefit to certain clients at, at certain life stages. So that, that is, is definitely another redeeming factor about adding REITs to a portfolio
0: right that's an important point cuz like sometimes it, it, when you when we're looking at reits it's not just the stock price it's also the overall return that you're getting which includes the dividends which i think a lot of people maybe on other stocks don't focus on as much
1: right and i think going forward especially given the current worries about inflation reits are also seen as great strong investments for their p- potential inflation protection so because REITs are real estate companies that are deriving their income off of rents, and those rents and values tend to increase when prices do, uh, they tend to be a natural protection against inflation. So I think going into this year, we're seeing that being an attribute that financial advisors are definitely seeking as well.
0: So as part of these findings or as part of your conversations, what what is the proper allocation that, that, that an investor should have towards REITs?
1: So that answer will definitely vary based on each investor and their goals, their risk tolerance, their investment horizons. But what we have found through the multiple studies that and optimizations that we've done both internally at Nareit and with outside research partners such as Morningstar, Ibbotson, uh, and Wilshire Funds Management, we consistently find that the optimal allocation to REITs within a portfolio should be somewhere between 5 and 15%. Right. And there's actually been further documentation. David Swenson, who's the noted former CIO of the Yale Endowment, who unfortunately just passed away, in his fundamental approach to personal investment, that was one of the kind of key financial Pieces of literature recommended an allocation of 15% to REITs for most investors. It was interesting that in the research that we did with Chatham, when we asked advisors what the range of allocations they recommended to their clients at different stages along the client's risk tolerance and goals and investment horizon, they also found that advisors are recommending anywhere between four and 12%. So kind of within that five to 15% allocation. The last thing I'm going to point out at this is that in our three quick facts guide, if you share it to the share it with the listeners of this podcast, we actually have worked with Wilshire Funds Management to do a model glide path that shows the optimal allocation along different stages of saving for retirement, and then in retirement. And with the longest saving horizon, with being 45 years towards retirement, the allocation to REITs is as high as 15%. And then that gradually declines to around seven or 6% well within retirement.
0: So, So it's a bigger part of an allocation, the further out you are?
1: it's a, it becomes a declining. So as you're funny. in, uh, you're right. Because as you're farther out, if you're 45 years out, it's a larger mm. allocation.
0: Right. And I think looking at this, I, I remember this cause I think we ran this actually in a interview as part of an interview or no, sorry. No, I think we ran it with, you ran a column. We ran a column about this from you. And I think we included this graphic. And I think the part of that is once you're in retirement, There's a bigger percentage that's towards fixed income. So that's part of what, you know, just that's the based on where you are in your life stage. That's a more important part of your allocation at that point.
1: That's right. Yeah. You see a much heavier equity portfolio as you're farther from retirement and more fixed income as you get into retirement.
0: So, how do you find most, when financial advisors are, how are they finding out about REITs? Do you know, is there a way that you try to, to get in front of them? Or like, how, how, did, how does this relationship between the advisor community and the REIT community work in terms of education and getting the best information so that they're as well-versed as they can be to advise their clients?
1: Sure. So NRAID actually conducts a series of direct marketing campaigns that are targeted directly at financial advisors throughout the year. Additionally, we have the REIT Quick Facts Guide, which we've talked a lot about in this uh, podcast, that is on our website along with a landing page specifically for financial advisors that actually uh, walks you through all of this information. Additionally, we're trying to get the word out by doing podcasts such as these and other earned media efforts in terms of getting as much of these research pieces and resources out to advisors. Now, you asked, where do financial advisors typically get their information? We actually asked that in our market research study, and we found that actually most advisors are getting their information from either their home research departments or also from Morningstar. Okay. So Morningstar obviously has been long in the financial advisor space, but I think that really they're seeking research and information from a variety of platforms such as yours. And also the to the extent that we can push the information directly to them, they re- has definitely taken on a very strategic and comprehensive outreach program in that regard.
0: And is there, do you see there opportunity for further ways of of doing education?
1: I think going forward, once the world gets a little bit more back to normal, I do think that using all of these great platforms that I think we have become much more versed in through the pandemic in terms of webinars and podcasts and different platforms that we can use to share the research and get the word out, I think will be something that we are looking to do more of going forward.
0: And what about, you know, competition? Uh, I don't know if competition is the right word, but I mean, there are, I feel like I'm getting inundated at this point with other ways, you know, of, of like constantly these new people pitching essentially new ways to invest in real estate. So aside from picking like investing in particular REIT stocks, there's also a other way another like a, a big way that people can be investing is mutual funds and and there are so many ETFs now that are focused on REITs. How do is there some way to navigate that landscape when folks are trying to like figure out how they want to access the sector?
1: Sure. I think most people in the financial advisor space are still accessing REITs through active mutual funds, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. There are so many different ways to access REITs depending on your investment goals. So you can invest directly in stocks and choose your own portfolio of REIT stocks, or there are REIT. On MayREIT's website, REIT.com, you actually can go in and look through, I think, over 300 mutual funds, real estate mutual funds and ETFs to get a sense of the different products that are out there. You can also actually do some research on those funds. We offer performance statistics, Morningstar ratings, and whatnot, so that it's a great resource for anyone who is looking to invest in, obviously in a mutual fund or an ETF. So there are plenty of resources on our site. We actually also have a section where uh, investors can, if they are interested in investing directly in REIT stocks, they can look at the REITs on a company by company basis.
0: Right. And the mutual funds and the ETFs are often, so some, of them, some of them are geographic, some are property type. There's all these different ways that people kind of build these, right?
1: There are, there are, there are a few sector ETFs. Mm-hmm. The mutual fund space is, I think, definitely, uh, especially the active mutual fund space is more of an exercise in getting the exposure to a certain number of companies within mm-hmm. the industry. But yes, in the ETF space, you can look at things by different sectors, but some of the biggest products and the most successful products are really the broad-based investing in the entire industry and in, right. in the entire wheat market.
0: So Yeah. So the idea is just you want to invest in commercial real estate as a broad strategy, get the best of everything and look at some of these, look at, you can buy some, one of the, one of these funds. Exactly. Okay. Is there anything I've taken up, you know, a good chunk of your time today for going through some of the stuff. So I appreciate it. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about or any kind of other points that you wanted to pass on to to our listeners?
1: Well I think the most important thing to take away from a discussion about REITs is that again, as we talked about earlier, the optimal allocation to REITs has definitely shown a range of five to 15% within a portfolio. And the primary ben- benefit and attribute of REITs is their diversification benefits that they offer to diversified portfolios. In addition, they're they're a low cost, effective, and liquid means of investing in real estate that that do help advisors, in particular, build more diversified portfolios that can cover the entire U.S. investment market. So,
0: well, Abby, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and answering all my questions.
1: Great. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, and you mentioned the quick facts. Is there, is it just reet.com backslash quick facts?
1: That's right. Reet.com backslash quick facts. will take you to the landing page where you can access Uh, all of the information we talked about on this podcast.
0: All right. That was great. What a great podcast. Abby, again, thank you so much for being on the show. David, of course, thank you for bringing Abby on the show. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Common Area Podcast with David Bodimer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at WMRE, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WMRE or Informa. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.